Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, any time. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're going to share a really exciting opportunity for you that's related to today's program. And please feel free to share this with others who you know who will also find it of interest. So today I'm really excited, and I say that frequently introducing guests and and our topic, but I have to say I've been eager to have this conversation for a few months now. And why that is, is I was I was able, by an incredible chance, to receive a copy of a fabulous book, the Book of Jewish Knowledge. I received one of the first copies here in Israel and immediately was drawn in more than more than I could say, even for the greatest novel. And we're going to talk about that book. And I've been looking forward to having this conversation because immediately I understood this is a this is a book. It's a volume. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a volume of incredible knowledge that needs to be shared widely. And today with us to have that conversation is Rabbi Shmuel Kaplan. Rabbi Kaplan was born in London and was educated there and began his rabbinical studies at the Rabbinical College of America in New Jersey and at the Rabbinical College of Australia in Melbourne, Australia. And he was ordained in 1972 at the Lubavitch Rabbinical Yeshiva in Brooklyn, New York. He's also done postgraduate studies uh, there. And it's, it, what's so interesting is it's it's not always that you have a rabbi who who is a knowledgeable Jewish scholar, but also brings so much more to the table. And and I'm impressed, and I'm looking forward to speaking, uh, Rabbi Rabbi Kaplan, about this with you. You've you've been uh, based at the uh, Chabad. Uh, Lubavitch Center in Maryland since 1974. You ha- have a huge media background, which is quite impressive, and I want to know more about that. You're the host of a program called Awake, Alive, and Jewish, a weekly radio program in Silver Spring in Washington, D.C., and Diana, Mike, and the Rabbi. I'm, I'm very curious about that, a weekly TV cable program. And also, you've been co-anchor of what's called Hanukkah Live, which is obviously our uh, festival coming up and uh, an annual international TV broadcast uh, from 1988 through 1994. Um, Rabbi Kaplan is married to his wife, Rochelle. They have eight children, as we say in Yiddish, Kenanahara, and uh, which maybe you can help me translate, and six grandchildren. Rabbi Kaplan, it is a delight, not just to have you personally and your breadth of knowledge, but also to be able to speak about the book of Jewish knowledge here with you. First of all, uh, I have eight children, that is true, but in terms of grandchildren, I'm far, far beyond that. 
uh oh, how dated is this? <laughs> and it, it doesn't really matter, but I'm 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 pushing fifty. No, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary. Have any of your grandchildren had children yet? Almost. Almost. Okay. Amazing. 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 Well, that's delightful to hear. Um, okay. Well, that's fabulous. Um, so Rabbi, tell us your background before, actually, before we get into your background, you, you grew up in London. You were part of Chabad, as you, as you joked, beaten into you from, from, from birth. Tell us about what is Chabad a little bit. Uh, within Judaism, there are um, emphasis on different aspects, although all observant Jews observe all of the of the Torah, of the commandments. But nevertheless, in terms of emphasis, there are different emphasis uh, in different groups. The Hasidic movement, the movement that began in the 18th century by Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and he was... Um, put it in terms that people can understand more of a revivalist, um, emotional, joyous approach to uh, to Judaism. And um, that became very, very popular in Eastern Europe. In the um, third generation... By the way, let me, let me just interject, and I don't know if, it, if, if it's appropriate or not, but our Christian listeners might find that to be more if they were drawing a parallel between Christianity and Judaism, uh, might find that to be more, uh, um, uh, that more of a charismatic movement. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, that revivalism and charismatic, I think, go hand in hand. Okay. Uh, in the third generation, the founder of the Chabad movement, Rabbi Shnei Zamal of Liadi, began a more intellectual-oriented um, branch of the Hasidic movement. Uh, his uh, approach was that knowledge of God, understanding of God, leads to emotion. And so the emotion was not just emotion with, without a basis, but based it on an intellectual foundation. And that became the Chabad movement. Chabad stands for three Hebrew words, Chachma, Bina, Das, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And that became the hallmark of the movement. Now we're talking about the late 1700s. Uh, we went through seven leaders of the movement until uh, leader of our generation, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who passed away in 1994, and the movement continues. Uh, one of the innovations that uh, our Rebbe, which means the leader of our movement, uh, began was outreach programs around the world. And today we have what we call Chabad houses, centers in 58 countries, we have uh, emissaries that go out to staff these these um, centers and institutions. There are today 5,000 couples of families around the world that uh, work within these institutions. So we are very well known wherever you go. Yes. As, uh, the Chabad movement. Very, very much so. And and when you speak of it, I, I have a warm spot because when, uh, gosh, how many years ago? 40 plus years, I think. Uh, my bar mitzvah tutor was uh, a, a, a member of the Chabad Lubavitch community from Brooklyn. Um, he he really is credited, even though he wasn't 
well, I guess he was trying, but to really turn me on and be, become a, a um, pillar in ultimately my becoming an Orthodox observant Jew. Um, but but everywhere I've gone, uh, there's a Chabad. Uh, I spent Purim this past year at Chabad of Kentucky, and uh, my daughter just was in uh, probably every single Chabad center in Thailand this year and spent Shabbat in Puerto Rico. And Chabad is so warm and welcoming. And Rabbi Schneerson was such that great model and still is uh, that I always say here in Israel, if there were a Chabad political party, I'd vote for it because it's embracing not only of all Jews, but but you're shaking your head no, and I'm I shaking understand. my head no because we are intentionally apolitical. I know, I get it, but but the war, the embrace of all Jews and all people to to yes. the people should have a relationship with God is something that is unique as a hallmark to Chabad, and I wish that that were a pervasive attitude uh, here in Israel and especially among the parties that claim to be, but yes, I, I understand. And, and apolitical is, is a good and safe, uh, way to be. And, and Chabad, um, may it continue to thrive. Uh, you're doing incredible work. Now let's talk about your background a little bit. I mean, in reading the, the names of your, the media, uh, talk about that for a little bit. I'm particularly intrigued by the title, Diana, Mike, and the rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was always looking to reach a broader audience as part of our mission. And uh, this was in 1980. And um, I thought radio would be good because I, I do have a, a reasonably good voice and I'm articulate that way. So I figured radio would be a good place to start. Um, and a fellow by by the name uh, that owned the, the manager of a radio station, his name was Jake Einstein. So I figured, oh, man, the nice Jewish fellow. I'm going to go to him and talk to him. He'll help me out because it's expensive, radio. You're buying yeah. time. So I went there. I sat down with him, and I started talking to him. He looked me in the eye, and he said, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm Episcopalian. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but then he said to me, I like you. I'll, I'll help you out. And uh, he did. He, he helped me uh, get started on the radio. And then I spent uh, 30 some years uh, every Sunday morning. Uh, I, I was looking for, for a, a, a title which was sort of, you know, uppity and uh, get people interested, not, not a staid uh, conventional title. That's where Wake Alive and Jewish came. And I, I stuck with that for uh, close to 35 years. When cable came around, and this is before podcasts and the, the yes. internet, uh, I saw the opportunity because community cable, there was, they were giving away free time if you could, if you could afford to produce the programs properly. But then again, you know, things have changed so much. When I was doing uh, my show, Diana, Mike, and the Rabbi was obviously Diana was a friend of mine, a woman, and Mike was another friend. He was my co-host on the radio, and we had this this show together. Um, but in order to produce the show, we had to have a staff of thirteen people. Wow, <laughs> and it. It was prohibitively expensive because we had five cameras. Wow. If you had only one camera, you were dead in the water because people would click in two seconds to another to another uh, a station. You had to change the angles to keep yeah. visual interest. Now, today with podcasts, you don't do that. And apparently, people do listen to it. But then, so we had different angles. 
camera on the top, camera on the and you have to have a stage director, and you have to have a producer, and you have to have a choreographer, and you have to have a, a makeup person. That uh, That's what you had to do to produce a show. But it gave you a, a, a very substantial background in in understanding that and being able to yes. communicate. I'll tell you a great story. I have a bit of a heavy foot when I drive. <laughs> and so every once in a while, I end up in front of a judge. Oh. <laughs> so I was in an area in Catonsville. It's a complete non-Jewish area. And I was in court and I, I had, well, I made up some kind of, uh, excuse of why I was speeding or whatever, hoping to get a little bit of leniency. I got in front of the judge. He looks at me and he says, aren't you on the, the TV? I said, yes, I am. Wow. Uh, he said, what's the name of the show? And I, I can rabbi. He says, yeah. He says, I, I watched it. So I said to him, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> He says, yes, yes, I did. He's, he said, I've learned a lot from you. And this is all on the court record? <laughs> yes. And he says to me, I'm not a member of your faith, but I've learned a lot from the show. Oh, I was, you know, I was gratified. I've looked standing there and he said, Rabbi, do you have anything better to do with your money than to give it to the state? I said, I think I do. He said, okay, case dismissed. Wow. Divine providence. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's terrific. Um, I want to get into the book. I want to get into this incredible the book. The book. It's yeah, it's the big. Book. You're holding it up. It's heavy. I don't know. Did anyone weigh it? It's heavy. It, it it's, is heavy. It, but, but, it, it's it uh, could have been heavier. It so, uh, well, that's what I, you know. I don't know if you saw the review that I wrote about it, but I feel that it really should be the beginning of a series. Uh, uh, that, that there's so much more because sure, it's 500 point, pages. At one point, we cut out 50 pages. It was growing. It was growing and growing. And we said, nope, we got to stop it. We got to cut it. It's losing its its value when it gets too big. Uh, so we, we actually cut out a lot of material that we already had ready for publication. Um, but the book, it, it's not, I mean, there are a lot of information books. There is no, no shortage of information books about Judaism. What makes this book different? Just look at the book. Well, and unfortunately, it's a book. podcast, so people can't see the the picture, but it, it's stunning. It's breathtaking. And the presentation of it, everything about it is upscale. That's the key. Let me be specific about it. What, what this book does is it's a cross between a, an art book yes. and an information book. Yes. And that's, that's really what, what the goal, the idea behind when I came up with this idea it was to make this cross, and and it, we actually have it. It's a genre for itself. There yes. are no other books like this, right? In terms of where, where we we're trying to, how do we position the book? We're dealing with PR firms, and they they can't find a way to put it into an existing category because it, it's not no Be, because of the amount of art. And this was the idea was to have forty percent of the book is art, whether art or illustrations. Or, or infographics, whatever it may be, 40% of the book is that way. And, it, it's, and that was, and that's striking. I want to come back to that uh, and, and dig deeper about that as well. So 40% is, is art and graphics and 60% is the content. Text, yeah. Text. Um, before we go on about the, the, the book, and I, but I had two questions. First of all, 
was the title of the book, the book of Jewish knowledge, meant to be edgy because we're known as people of the book. Are you trying to compete with the other book? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're trying to make the other book more accessible. Got it. Okay. Because when when you read the Bible itself, there's a lot that you don't see in there, which comes out in the explanations of the Talmud or the Kabbalah, the mysticism, which bring out all of these facets that are embedded in the Bible. So this is the book. Yes, it's taking off on the book. But you've hit on a very interesting point, because every book has an author. Ah, And the author is giving you his opinion. Yes. And as subtle as it may be, it's his opinion. We have basically a compiler not an author. Yes. Because the book is, but this was, this was a, the basis of this book. We give you original sources. We're not trying to give you our view of it. We connect it. We introduce it. We, we of course, we, we, we've, we've got to have that, that, that structure around it. But the, the bulk of the book is 1,200 quotes. Now, some are shorter quotes, some are longer quotes, some are, you know, articles, but, but it's not, it's not my voice. It's not our voice. It's the voice of Judaism throughout the ages. I love that. You said it so beautifully. It, it, it was on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't put it into those words. That was beautiful. Yeah. So one of the things that you have here, which is fascinating, there, there's a, an article here by a very prominent rabbi of the previous generation, Rabbi Soloveitchik. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his name. He was the 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 uh, the dean of Yeshiva University in in, in New York. I am, of course, but uh, yeah. other listeners won't be. Okay, so he he writes about his his thoughts when he comes in to give a scholarly lecture to his students, and he says we sit down and we start with a verse of the Bible, bring in the Talmud, a rabbi from the early Talmudic times. And then a rabbi from the Middle Ages, a contemporary rabbi, and he said, all of a sudden, we have this conversation over the ages, because he is bringing it all together as if they're arguing with each other and discussing with each other. So you've got, you know, two and a half, three thousand years of discussion as if it's happening contemporaneously. That's beautiful. It's all—it's like the question that students are asked when they're applying to college: who are who are the five people that you'd like to invite to dinner, or if you were stranded on a desert island, who who would you want to be stranded with? But what a beautiful way of looking at that! And you've 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 in the book you've captured it so beautifully by bringing in all those sources. So that's what it is. On on one subject, you've got sources that yes. can go. From 500, 1,000 years earlier to a contemporary one, it, it, it just it talks to anyone and everyone. Important, very important. Uh, and I want I want to get into some of the substance, but before and we're we're going to take a break in a minute. But before we do, and and I, I thought you were going in a different direction when you were talking about an author. You're right. This is a compilation, and a compilation is a is hard work. It's very hard work. I've tried to do it and and, and done it in small ways. But this is a publication of the Roar Jewish Learning Institute. Can you tell us about that and what we're, and then when we come right back after the break, then what the impetus of the book was? Okay. The Roar Jewish Learning Institute um, is is an organization that assists our emissaries around the world 
to teach Judaism. Uh, when, when, you, when you're in a, a post, wherever it may be, and you've got students that want to study, you invite students to study, every rabbi has got to come up with his own ideas and his own ways of presenting it. And it takes a lot of time to prepare effective classes. It takes knowledge and a lot of time. And a lot of people don't have that time. So, you know, you, 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 you make do with whatever you can. That's the way it used to be until 20 years ago. When we organized the, what we call the JLI, its purpose was to prepare material so that our emissaries can go through it quickly, understand it, and present it, and it will be cogent, it will be comprehensive, and the students will be excited about it. So this now, is what the- uh, uh, Let me just interject. And the emissaries are called, in, in Hebrew, shlichim, uh, yes. which is literally emissaries, but you're, but this book makes t- takes it beyond the emissaries. It, right, it, it, that, it, that's you're you're right okay. on, you're right on target because the, what happened is after we had done uh, maybe thirty forty courses because then we built them up into not single classes but courses, and I was sitting and thinking about what else can we do with the material that we have collected. We have such yeah. a vast collection of material already translated, prepared, organized by subjects. It was a, it was a resource. Great. And that's when the thought came to me that it's time to go beyond that. Got it. Take these and put it into a comprehensive book. Great. Okay. But just another book wouldn't do anything. So no. the way we have it, that's the that book. The book. The the, the 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 in your title is very significant. Let's yes. take let's take a break and then I want to come back and talk about that history. The book has a lot of timelines. I want to talk about the timeline of the history of the book of Jewish knowledge. Hold on one minute. When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real, just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay, so Rabbi Kaplan, um, I, I knew we were in for a fascinating conversation. I think we've already, at least on my end, you, you, you've, you've over-delivered. So thank you. You've alluded to the fact that the book has been has been in, in the process for a long time. It's just published this year, 2020. You, uh, and then, I think I'm in 22. I'm not sure where you are. Oh, 22. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what I meant. 2022. And, but, but walk through the process. You've spoken about how some of the pieces came together, that it was a time and you had all the resources, but, but take us back to where, where the the conception, if you will. Okay. So it it took me a while to to convince the, uh, the the board that I work with uh, to undertake this project. And um, they they finally agreed when, when they said, you know what, what, what's, what's going to cost to produce? And I, I gave a number just off the top of my head for some of my experience. And all right, if you if you come up with a third of it, we'll undertake the project. Well, I did. I came up with a third of the money. Uh, had someone uh, 
contribute the money and we started. It costed us 10 times as much. I, I, I was going <laughs> to guess no matter what, what you, number you put on the table, just from yeah. having a copy of it, it, it had to be at least 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what it started with is that this book has to have a designer there from day one. Yes. It's not a book that's going to be written and then designed. It's a book that's going to be designed and written simultaneously. And you can see it in the book. When, when, when you when you get this book, you realize this is not like any other book. This is I want to underscore. I want to underscore that that that's what is so impressive. One of the things that's so impressive to me is that the graphics, the art, the the even if it's just finding an old picture. It's the finding of the right picture to overlay with the content that that really was done brilliantly. It, it's a, it's an extraordinary piece of work. I mean, I'm I'm not the designer and I'm not the compiler. I'm just the guy sitting there and saying work, work, <laughs> work. <laughs> That's the that was my my position. But no, I did contribute, of course, considerably to it. But uh, I'm I'm fascinated and overwhelmed by the, the, the quality of what the group have put, have put yes. together. Yes. I, mean, I, I, I really am. But you know, things that you don't even realize that how much you have to invest. When you do a book like this, which has hundreds of pieces of art, every piece of art is owned by someone. Correct. And you've got to get permission. Correct. And it's not just, the, you know, and everyone... Whoever owns it, and ever, whether it's a museum, whether it's a private collection, whether it's a company, it doesn't matter. You've got to get their formal their formal permission, and they have they have conditions. Some you pay per imprint, some you pay one fee, some you don't pay. Everybody's got another story, and you have to accommodate all of them. We had someone working for two years just doing that work. Wow. So okay, so that so two years doing that work. How long was the process from the day you had that board meeting? Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> now now that we've established it's 2022, not 2020. Um, what's the time? What, what was the timeline of that? Nine years. Nine years. So it took less time to build the temple in Jerusalem, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was excruciating, to tell you the truth. But, but uh, look. Thank God we got the, we got the project done. That that's that, that's the who cares? You know, once you have the product done, all the all the the frustration and uh, and upset and uh, angst and uh, work, all that just shrinks in proportion. It becomes like nothing. Now, once the book's there, I mean, so what? Big deal. What's nine years of work now? Yeah, but in the midst of it, it there there must have been some frustration because I can tell from you. Uh, speaking to you at now the last almost half hour or so, um, you're a doer, and and probably like me, you're not so content that things don't happen yesterday. Right. Right. That's challenging. So, so that that's that's how we got we got the book started. Once once I you know we sat down with the, with the designer and he gave us uh, this is his field. He gave us the, the structure of how he thought the design of the book should be. That that that's when that's when the, you know everything began to fall. I I realized this this was going to be you know really the unique piece it is. But, but let's get into into the book a little bit. Yes, let's. Well, can I before we do? I wanted to. There was a comment that I made that I we were talking about the overlay of the um, graphics and the content, and and I I want to speak some specifically about not just the images which you've created a, a understanding about the why it would take two years 
just to get the images together, but the graphics. And I want to speak about that specifically. But what I came away with, you use different words, that it was like an orchestra. Because you have, and, and I guess you're the conductor, but it's the it's the harmony between the content and all of the images. And that's when you can't have it. Okay, sure, people today could record music in different tracks and overlay it. But that's not what you've done. And I just wanted to, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I just enjoyed the book. Um, it, it, I, 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 with no, what's the word? No, um, uh, renumeration. Re- this is just, this is just Jonathan Feldstein and, and inspiration from Zion sharing something that I really believe people should have and interact with. And I, and I, and I, and I couldn't help but feel that now I'm speaking to the conductor. So, so let's go into some of the content. Oh, here's how, how I approach it. I mentioned to you that we have all of these different quotes. So they are in eight different categories. It's scripture, Talmud and Midrash, our sages, the mystics, Kabbalah, laws and customs, perspectives, historical documents, and stories and parables. Each one has an icon by which you identify yes. what the source is. Now, we have that on the front page. It gives you an explanation of each one of these categories and the icon that's there. One of the problems that developed was that someone that was reviewing the book a, a while back when it was still in its infancy stage said, yeah, but you've got that on the first page. When I'm on page 100, I don't remember what the uh, icons are. Yes. So what I did was we made a bookmark which has all of the icons. Which I noticed from the moment, and I didn't, and, and that was brilliant. So wherever you are, you've got those icons which, which assist you. Terrific. Number two, go through in the content. We have 162 different subcategories. Five major categories, 162 subcategories. So we've got Jewish history. Jewish history has the first Jews, Exodus and Sinai, in the Jewish homeland and diaspora. Right. And you've got a, 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 and within them, there are further broken down into smaller subtitles. Next, you have Jewish teaching, which is the Bible, Talmud and Midrash, Halacha, which is Jewish law, philosophy and beliefs, mysticism, morals and character. So there you have what we would call all of the different facets of Torah knowledge. That's category two. Category three, Jewish practice. In our day-to-day practice, we have prayer, charity, the observance of Shabbat, the, the, the day of the Sabbath, food and diet, the laws of kosher, and signs and identifiers, which are the tefillin, the phylacteries, and the mezuzah, which people may be familiar with. All of these, or we actually chose a few. You can't get them all in. It's not no, possible. No, of course. But we did, we did choose those that are more, more prominent that people are more aware of. So that's Jewish practice. Then we have the Jewish year. What are the holiday cycles that we have? So you have explanation of the Jewish calendar, which is a cross between the lunar and cycle and, 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 uh, uh, right. solar, and solar, um, calendars, calendar. We have the high holidays, Sukkot, which is tabernacles, um, Hanukkah, uh, Tubishvat, the, the, the new year of the trees, Purim, Passover, and Shavuot, and uh, the, the three weeks of the morning for the temple. That goes through the Jewish cycle of the year. 
followed by life cycle milestones. Which I, by, by the way, I love that. I, I'm not, I want to know, I'm curious before you talk about it, why'd you save that for last? Why did we save that for last? Hmm. I'd have to scratch my head on that one too. I, okay. I, I think it, in terms of the order, we're talking about the Torah and then add as it applies Chronology. to the individual. It, okay. It, as it applies to the individual. Okay. So the so individual what's, really is last. What's in that section? So in this section, we cover uh, birth and childhood. So that would mean birth that we understand. Mm-hmm. We have uh, circumcision, naming, education, and Jewish birthdays. Baram Bat Mitzvah, most people are familiar with that. Marriage, the Jewish marriage. Work and retirement. That's also something addressed in, in Jewish sources. And finally, death and the afterlife. Uh, by the way, on most of those topics and others that you've, that you've highlighted, but most of the life cycle things, when I'm working and interacting with Christians on a daily basis like I am, invariably, I'm getting questions about what do we do and why do we do it and and it it elucidates so much not just of understanding judaism but the root of christianity when they're understanding that there's a practical application still thousands of years later uh in in all one of of the things in in this in this book and we we were we were uh, conscious about this when we were working on it is that to make it accessible to anybody who is interested in the subject. Ah. Don't have to have background. You can start from zero. I have a friend of mine who um, I, I met with a month and a half ago, and he says to me, you know, I'm I'm approaching 80, and I'm thinking about my 80th birthday, what I'm going to do for me. And he's a, a very successful man, a man of means, substantial man of means, and he and his friends, every one of their major birthdays, they throw these fantastic parties and they spend lavishly and all different kinds. And each one tries to outdo the other one. And he says to me, I don't know. He said, I've been to a couple of 80th birthdays amongst my, amongst my group. I'm sick and tired of it. I don't know. What, 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 what should I do for it? And he said, I've been thinking and thinking about it. I had given him, given him a very early copy of the book, a close friend of mine. So he said, you know what? I think I've I've come to my decision. I am sending this book to all my friends. Wow. Instead of a party. Wow. Now, we've been working on this now. He he has sent over 100 books. Amazing. They're not inexpensive. That's one thing. (laughs) This is not an inexpensive book. What do they they retail for? The the full retail is $109. Okay. Um. They're the bulk. The bulk, I think, is eight. We have it at eighty-nine dollars. There is a soft cover version of this, which is twenty dollars less. Um, but that's that's where it stands. Um, but if you divide, but if you divide one hundred and nine dollars by about what five hundred pages, it's only twenty-three cents a page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I think the value is much more than that. Much more. I wouldn't put it down to the. Incidentally, when you say per page. The, the the paper that we use in this book extraordinary is Italian, Italian paper you can't just go and buy this paper uh, and and you see the way the art the, stands the, out the, on the paper it's it's really magnificent the paper the binding the cover that it comes in its own box and it's it's the the, the I don't even know what this part is called the the sides that you view that are silver that are painted or or 
the same color yeah. as the color of the book. It's it, it's classy. It's very classy. It's very classy. So what I wanted to say is that that on this fellow's list, half of half of his list are people that are not Jewish. Ah, I won't mention names, but some very influential people in, in the United States. And um, I said to him, are you sure you want to give this to, to your non-Jewish friends? He said, absolutely. Absolutely. He says, they will enjoy it. And what, so you know what? I want to take another quick break, but I want to, this is what I wanted to go in the area because when I was reading the book and maybe um, I'm, I'm reading more into it, I felt that there were certain areas that required a little bit more understanding than a lot of people who I know, but the, the vast majority, I'm talking about 90, 95, maybe 98% of the book is, is, is very accessible to everybody. So I would love to, after we come back from the break, talk specifically about maybe maybe your friend's experience and what his friend's uh, response was, but specifically what's in the book for Christians? Where Where's an average Christian um, to the extent that there is such a thing going to get a lot out of this? But let's take a quick break first. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed, keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Okay, so Rabbi Kaplan, um, again, extraordinary uh, conversation. Um, you, you you just talked about this dear friend of yours, 80 years old, who's sending copies of his book, of your book, to, to everyone he knows. And many of his friends are are not Jewish. What's been the, the response? He tells me it's been a fabulous response. That's That's what he tells me. Uh, and it's it's just happening now, so so there's more and more coming out. But the the, the point is like this: anyone who is a, a serious believer in God, and I, I'm talking about Christian or or Muslim, it, it doesn't really matter. Okay, it, it all goes back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It goes back to Moses, to Sinai. That's where it all go. It all grows out of there. So if you want to have an understanding of the roots of any of the other major religions, you've got to have that understanding. And, and this, gives you, this gives you that whole background, just in terms of the historical foundation and background to everything that we know today. Then we go in, in, into other aspects that are, that are fascinating because the observances that we find in the, in the Bible, in the Torah, form the basis of many of the observances that others 
practice as well. That's it may true. Be in a different form, in a different form, but that is there as well. So uh, this, if anyone has an interest in understanding the, their own religion in a deeper way, this is the way to do it. Now, we, we have thought about this. Uh, we, we are going to be promoting this within the Christian world. As, as, a, as an, an emphasis, it's not, ju- not just a sideline, as an emphasis, we, we have contacted, we have a lot of contacts in the Christian world, and they have seen this book in its early version, and they're very excited about it, very excited about it. So we, we, we expect that, that um, many, many will be, will be uh, accessing this book to gain a yeah. better understanding and appreciation yeah. of God in general and, 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 and the source of religion. The source of religion and the and, and as many Christians will look uh, at Judaism as the root of their faith, and there's a lot that there's a lot that uh, is in Judaism that they that, that an average Christian may or may not understand. But when they read about it, when they're studying, when they have a, when they're learning a little bit, they can see the that there's a um, commonality. And, and, and that's one of the reasons that I do what I do to build bridges to underscore the commonality. Uh, that's really amazing. Um, I, I want to. There were a couple of areas that that just in the in the before we wrap up, I wanted to focus on. When I first got the book, I was really over overwhelmed, and I don't I'm not like that with with books a whole lot. I enjoy books. But this was an it is an experience. Uh, someone someone might, in a knee jerk way, refer to it as a coffee table book because it's thick and it's colorful and has a lot of pictures. But it's not that, and that's what you said earlier because it's a different category altogether. This is a book on every page with which you don't want to just look at the pictures and where it is or what it's of, but you want to interact. And I found myself knowing a little bit about Judaism for 57 years, wanting more, wanting to know more about the sources and almost sorry that it's only a book because I couldn't click and dig down deeper to which we've become accustomed. We we thought about doing that, uh, putting in links and what have you, uh, squares, and but then it would have taken 18 years, not nine years. <laughs> No, not no, but but it just become becomes too much. But what we did do, yes, every one of the quotes has a source where it's from. Ah, very good. Okay, so people so you, can, you, if, can if, search. If, if, you're lo- if you're looking at it, it, it we're right here we have Lamentations. That's where it is. You got exact source. You can look it up and see where it's from. Genesis. It tells you exactly where it's from. Every piece gives you the source of where it's from. Yep. Beautiful, excellent. Now, the the, the thing that the again, I, I I if you held a gun to my head, I don't know that I could give you the top ten. There were so many, but there are two that I wanted to highlight. First of all, page one sixty four through one sixty nine, you have the six hundred and thirteen mitzvot. That's the Hebrew word for commandments, and 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 I don't know if most Christians know that we we as uh, Jews derive 613 commandments from from the Torah, from from the five books of Moses, but we do. I've never seen ever such a cogent presentation in a this, and this is what struck me: the graphics. Not only are you breaking down the 
what foundational commandments and the commandments that foster a relationship with God on a daily basis and forbidden relations and marriage and family and food and diet and dress and grooming and agriculture and the holy temple and Shabbat and the festivals and on and on and on. Not only are you breaking all of the 613 down uh, categories down, but you're giving a source in the in the book, you're color coding it to identify if it's a positive commandment where God says, do something or a negative commandment where God says, don't do it. And you're giving the biblical source. This was incredible to me. This in and of itself should be a publication. Who, I mean, hats off. Who came up with that? <laughs> That's what our team did. I, what can I say? I'm, a, I'm, I'm a proud of it and I, I think it's it's a magnificent a magnificent piece it is based on my monitors i would say that's that's what you have to understand okay it, it is it is uh not not totally original it's really my monitors and he also gives sources to his things so it's basically um mostly my monitors but I, I will say something else that you you've got we read a, por- a portion of the torah every week right Right on the fifty-four weeks of the year, the the Bible is divided into fifty-four portions. I mean, the first five books of Moses. Here you've got them and the content of each one written out, so that you can see the flow that you have on 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 all of the on all of the portions. Excellent. That, no, that's that's, you know, that, that's unique. You don't find it anywhere else. Nope, you don't. It's amazing. The other piece, uh, there was something. There was one particular. Um, you know what? There's so much. There's so much. It, 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 it's hard, and I don't want to pick on anyone. But people listening, first of all, get the book, and 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 only study that if if nothing else because it's incredible. Um, but the, but the, the 613 commandments really really uh, something and so well presented. And where they're sourced, they're all sourced in the Bible. Correct. Correct. Right here, I'm, I happen to be looking at page one sixty six. Do not commit adultery. Okay, that's uh, Exodus twenty thirty uh, twenty thirteen. That's intuitive, but uh, here a, a lot of Christians love having and blowing a shofar in general, and 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 we use that in other places. But that it's an actual biblical commandment from Numbers twenty nine one, and why again amazing stuff and eating matzah. On on well, eating matzah in general, okay, not not as a commandment, but eating matzah uh, and refraining from leavened food on Passover. That again, on and on and on. We could go. We could do another whole program about this. Maybe who knows? Um, but the one that which actually has its own section. See if I can find it relating to Shabbat, and oh, yeah. in, in terms of the commandments. But then there's a whole section of the book about Shabbat, the biblical day of rest which I always say to people is not just a commandment that we observe, but it's a, it's an extraordinary gift from God. But there's another feature that you may notice there. And that is, it's not just informational uh, in terms of what Shabbat is, but we give you a how to as well. Well, that candles, the, even the setup of the Shabbat table. And the, and what, what jumped out. So that's all amazing. And I take it for granted and you take it for granted, but people who don't know, are lo- going to love that, but I love that you pulled out two recipes. Recipes, you got that was that. great, and one was Ashkenazi, which you and I are, and then Sparty. Yes. one was Sparty, which is the tradition of Jews from North Africa and the Middle East. I love that you do it. It just gave an extra dimension that somebody who may not know what Shabbat is can now go make 
a single traditional Shabbat food. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Great stuff. What's next? <laughs> we, yeah, the, the, we've got we've got the whole plan here. As I as I tell the staff, I, I believe this is an industry. This is not a book. We, we've got editions coming out in German, Russian, French, Spanish, Hebrew. These are all in, in the works now. Very and important. We, my my idea is to, to perhaps make. Uh, well, I do have lesson plans of this, but a, a course which tells you where to go, which to read, so you can go through. Have it as a course in Judaism based on the book. I'm even thinking of doing a, a, a the Jewish Book of Knowledge light, a smaller one of maybe 150 pages, which will have highlights of the book. Or you can do volumes. You could have uh, each of the five sections is a volume in and of itself. Uh, I, I, I maybe no I end. wrote about it. No when I wrote. Sorry. There's no end to what this. To no what end. This Absolutely point. no end. And there shouldn't be. And that was one of the things when I wrote my review that I want that I'm glad you're thinking about it because I want to encourage. There's so much there. And uh, and people should should grab this. I'm good. We're putting in the notes here for the podcast where people can get it, how people can get it. I want to I want to encourage that. Uh, also, we're albeit that the holidays are not related, we are approaching the, uh, the, the what we call the holiday season, Christmas uh, for Christians and and Hanukkah for for Jews. Uh, Christian. Sometimes when I think of a Christian uh, thing, I think of okay, will will it fit into an average stocking? And the answer is no. But um, but what may, maybe can you just give a little overview as we're going into the holidays. Uh, uh, first of all, a little bit about Hanukkah, what we're celebrating, and then uh, and then maybe a final plug for the book, why people should get their copies. Well, I'll do both together. I okay. can't give you an overview. It's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, the holiday season's time is gift-giving, and it's, it is important. We, we, we celebrate the miracle of, of the rededication of the temple and the, the, the menorah, the lights that burn for eight days. But nevertheless, if you have a Jewish friend that you want to give this this uh, book to, this would be an ideal gift. Um, I've, I've been telling people to, uh, Jewish people that I know, give it to your friends. This is, instead of giving them a, a, a bottle of liquor, which they can drink and forget about, you might as well give them a book which they'll remember for years. Yeah. Uh, in terms of one of my friends said this is not just a book this is an heirloom yes yeah when you You said you will you will give this to children and grandchildren well you're gonna get and by the way we we, my wife and i moved we downsized uh two years ago one of the most painful things was getting rid of i don't know hundreds of books uh because before i started collecting children i started collecting books and i had many and but this is one of the books that you keep when you downsize that when that when you're transferring your assets to the next generation that this is this is one of those items that that not only doesn't go in the dump but people will will, it'll become a a conversation maybe even argument over siblings or grandchildren as to who gets the book who gets the book Uh, and, and you're talking who gets the dog and who gets the book who gets the right and the dog has a limited <laughs> lifespan this is a thousands of years of compilation that has an infinite uh, future now yeah. now but when you're talking about Jews and giving it as a Hanukkah present I would argue that it's a great Christmas present and I can see 
Christian family celebrating Christmas together and pulling out this book and getting to spend hours together, multi-generational families looking and learning and understanding because it connects, of course, to the Bible, which is our common uh, common roots, and it connects uh, to the to the land and state of Israel, which is the fulfillment of that in so many ways. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Well, I'm glad get we agree. Get, get the book. book. <laughs> Everyone get the book. Um, Rabbi Shmuel Kaplan, again, I, I have been eager to have this conversation for, for some time. I'm so grateful, so glad we did. I'm enlightened. Uh, by having having done this, and I, I I look forward to on a personal level staying in touch and hearing of continued success. And I'm dying to know from our listeners when they get copies of the book what their what their uh, feedback is as well. Rabbi Kaplan, thank you, thank, you, thank you for joining Inspiration from Zion. So as we wrap up the program, I want to give you two opportunities to get a copy of the Book of Jewish Knowledge for yourself and your family. And please, please don't miss it. First of all, we're doing something that we've never done before, the Genesis 123 Foundation. When you make a donation today, this month, for $136, we're going to send you a copy of the Book of Jewish Knowledge, including shipping to your home in North America. If you're outside of North America, please be in touch, and we'll calculate what the extra shipping cost might be. So just get to Genesis 123.co make a donation for $136 actually when you get the book you'll learn why $136 is a significant number and make that donation and we're going to get that book out to you just as soon as possible and by the way do it today because you still have time to get gifts for Christmas and for Hanukkah also if you've been following the Genesis 123 foundation and inspiration from Zion you know that every month we're giving out a special book, which we call From Jonathan's Bookshelf. This month, of course, is the Book of Jewish Knowledge. All we ask is that you go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program there, we will select one winner at random to receive a copy of this book. So don't delay. Share this Share this program and uh, and or make a donation. Maybe you'll get two copies. We're always grateful that our podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, please pop in and tell them hi and thank you for helping to make conversations like this possible. And also special thanks to our friends, the Coin family, for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and building bridges between Jews and Christians. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. Now, this is interesting. Rabbi Kaplan, you're going to love this. A friend of mine heard that we were doing this program today. I shared a copy of the book that I have. He said, I want to sponsor the episode. He's doing so anonymously. So thank you, Mr. Anonymous, anonymous friend. He's doing so anonymously in honor of God. Never, ever had that happen before, but as a gratitude to God for giving us all of his wisdom that we have now been able to see produced as this tremendous uh, source for everybody. We always love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this program with others who you also know 
will find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones will are, will be safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you.